Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Whether you're looking for a good Korean skincare or affordable and trendy jewelry, they've got you covered. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, my new friend, author of the New York Times best-selling memoir, Somebody's Daughter, Ashley C. Ford talks to me about vulnerability and the miracle of grace. Mother-daughter relationships are so beautiful, but sometimes they can be really complicated. In her book, Ashley wrote about the challenges she experienced with her mom when her father went to prison. But in our conversation, she reminded me that even in those difficult moments, there is still grace. The miracle of grace is that you can give what you've never been given. I think that that's what a lot of our moms are missing, is the grace that they could not find for themselves. They have a lot of trouble finding for us. But when we do find that grace for ourselves, we experience the miracle. Hi, Ashley. Hello. Hi, Ashley. (laughs) Welcome to Trials to Triumphs, Ashley. I am so excited to chat with you. You know, we haven't met in person, but I've met you through your words. And Mm -hmm. I think you are just a fabulous human being, a a deeply intentional writer, and someone who has a lot to say for our generation and that we all have an incredible amount to learn from. So I'm really excited to chat with you and get to know you better, Ashley. Thank you so much for thinking so well of me. Like that's that's really encouraging. Thank you. Of course. I appreciate that. We're gonna start, Ashley, with some icebreaker questions. Mm, okay. I love those. All right, me too. Uh okay, so what sounds or smells remind you of your loved ones? The smell of um liquid foundation. Reminds me a lot of my grandmother. She's really the only person who I have memories of holding me uh, and holding me close and and hugging me close in that way. 
and she always had on her fashion fair. Mm. Okay, my second question for you is, what is something recently or a long time ago um, Mm -hmm. that someone did for you that meant a lot to you? And that when you think about it in this moment, you're like, ooh, that really, I really needed that. I really appreciated that. This is very recent. Okay. Um, but not too long ago, I was uh, I was just having a hard day mm-hmm. emotionally. And it, there wasn't really a lot going on in my circumstances that would have led to me being like, this is the reason I'm having a bad day. It was this feeling, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was down and I was feeling overwhelmed by even small things, irritated to the point of just like not liking how my clothes feel on my skin, not liking the sound level of the world. Nothing I think of to eat sounds good because Mm -hmm. I'm just, it's like my brain won't show me what I want next almost. And I can't get comfortable. And my husband noticed and he asked me if there was anything he could do. And I told him, you know, I'm, I don't know what it is. You know, I wish I could tell you something, but I just, I can't even figure it out, figure it out for myself right now. Um, and while I was having some time to just like be in the quiet and try to like center myself and figure out what I wanted, he washed and dried my favorite pajamas and brought them to me and said, you usually feel a lot better when you're wearing these. So maybe just put on these pajamas. (laughs) And they really were like my favorite pajamas. And to be honest, I had been thinking all day, like I wish those pajamas were clean, (laughs) Uh, but our uh, dryer had broken and the new dryer had just gotten there. So like they weren't clean. And I was like, I just want to put on my pajamas and be able to like be in my body and and do what I need to do. And he brought me those pajamas and I just like, I I literally cried. Mm. And that was unexpected, you know, for me especially, but, and it's not unexpected that my husband does kind things for me. He does kind things for me all the time, but there was, it was just so specific and it was exactly what I needed in that moment. And I, I think when you have those moments of connection with another person it's beautiful, but it's also like this this bittersweetness inside of like, oh my God, I can't believe anybody's paying attention to me this much. Like, mm. I can't believe anybody loves me this much, you know? And yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that remind you not only that you have that kind of love, but also that like you're worthy of it and, and you've been worthy of it the whole time. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. 
It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That story took me out. Shout out to your husband. <laughs> we love him. He's an amazing man. May God continue to bless him for all of his days. Um, <laughs> truly, because I'm like, oh my God, I love this story. Um, but, you know, it makes me think, too, that we also have to remember that you get what you give. Yes. You know, it was so easy for him to do that for you because I'm sure that you show up for him in similar ways all the time. I definitely and, try to. Yeah. And the love, not always, but I think oftentimes the love um, and I say not always, because I do think that there are people who are still treated very poorly and they are good people mm -hmm. and they give yes. great love and they show up for people and they do not always get that in return. Mm -hmm. But still, oftentimes, uh, you know, the love that you put out comes back to you um, yes. and in ways that you need, especially when you're not able to do it for yourself sometimes. Like those days are so, just you talking about that day, it, it made me like itchy or something. Like it made me yeah. just think about days that I've had like that. Those days that just feel like, why am I moping around? Like you said, right. I don't, why aren't my feet coming up off the ground? Why right. is my posture different? Why did it take me an extra hour to get out of bed? And I think what we, what we have to learn to understand about ourselves is that we are affected by everything. Everything. Indirectly, directly, but we're affected by things. Yes. And sometimes we have all the words to talk about what we're affected by and other times we don't and both are okay i think I, I know for myself i put a lot of pressure on myself sometimes to like yeah always be able to access my emotions and explain what they are and be able to to effectively communicate it to other people <laughs> and you know take my space take adequate space when i need it and like that's a very logical way of thinking about it but it's not always that easy and life be life in and yeah. sometimes and you just need the pajamas. <laughs> like we're we're human beings. There's yeah. no such thing as I think that one of the things that we get caught up in frequently and, and a source of a lot of suffering for people, and it definitely been a source of a lot of suffering for me, is this belief that anything I believe in or anything I believe in is true, I should be able to live by with perfection. I should be able mm. to live by flawlessly. You know, I should be able to, because I believe it's true, because I believe I deserve something, because I believe that I am worthy of something, because I believe that I want something, that nothing, nothing about my choices should ever get me away from those things. Nothing should ever hinder me, hinder me in my journey towards those things. But that's not reality. We are human beings. We are by creation imperfect. Mm. We, we must be. So seeking perfection in that way is not just, you know, fruitless because it can never be. It's, it's also a, a self-induced suffering. You know, even though we're, yeah. we're taught it, you know, it's something that we learn. We see other people live that way. We watch other people live that way. And we decide in 
not so much decide as much as like it's in so many ways the path of least resistance mm-hmm. um, to live our lives by those same rules, you know? And I, I don't know. I mean, when I was a kid, I just, there was something about looking around at the adults around me and being like, okay, I know that these people tell me what to do a lot, but none of them seem happy. Mm. <laughs> none of Woo! them seem happy. So, so should I be doing exactly what they tell me? To, you know, it, it's having that sense of self, that, mm. that idea that, you know, some things are outside of your choice, but there are so many things um, within your choice if you're honest with yourself about what you see around you. Yeah. Wow. You also, and I, I want to talk about your beginnings, but hmm. what what you just said tells me that you've always had um, a, an acute sense of awareness. You've always been aware of what's going on. For longer than I want it to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's the thing is that it, it felt... Um, a lot of my my self awareness and the fact that it starts at a young age is is a matter of uh, what felt like the necessary skills for survival mm. for me. I deeply, deeply felt like you know, in so many ways, from a very young age, that I I only had myself to count on, you know, and that I was going to have to be the one to save me. That was a really very early lesson. And I think certain things just come online a little earlier when you're faced with survival and you don't have the buffer of a parent who you trust to protect you. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I think that buffer allows a little more time for those skills to sort of like lay dormant and allow you the sort of like bliss and innocence of early childhood or what should be the bliss and innocence of early childhood. Yeah. But if your body and your mind suspect that, uh, no, you need to learn how to read fast. <laughs> you mm-hmm. you need to learn how to communicate with your words quickly. You need yeah. to learn, you know, it, I, I think it might speed those things up or allow you access to them earlier. I'm I'm not a doctor or a neurophysicist. Please don't quote me on that. Yeah. No, because <laughs> no, because no, <laughs> as you're saying this, I'm just thinking uh, about all of the ways that experiences like yours could affect your nervous system. Oh, yeah. For your entire life. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and having to do the work of constantly undoing, you know, uh, and unlearning things that (laughs) aren't a part of your current and present existence. Yeah. With the husband that washed your pajamas and said, put the pajamas on. Who loves you, who cares for you, who wants to know you forever, who wants to know everything about you, who wants to know who you are. And it's amazing, right? Like he's, he's so amazing. And it's, it's wild how much he has sort of had to help me process or deal with the remnants of a life that we did not lead together, that mm. he was not part of, you know, that he had no opportunity to disrupt um, or insert himself in. 
you know, and yeah. part of what he has to deal with sometimes in therapy is that he can't. Mm-hmm. He can't. He he can't heal what was wounded for me. Yeah. And he has had to come to terms with the fact that, like, I can be a person who is beside her on her journey of healing, you know, which everybody is hopefully on at some point in their life. Um, but I, I, I am not and cannot be the source of that healing. Yeah. You know, he's had to like reckon with that. And that's been, you know, one of the more beautiful things about my relationship with him and, and with my home and with my marriage is that like, I just have a person who, when they realize that they need to make a shift, um, in order to meet me where I am does not hesitate to make that shift and does not hesitate to do that work when they realize that that's the work that they need to do. You know, I think that's all kids ever even want from their parents. I think so too. Yeah. They just want you to try. I want to go back to the beginning. Sure. What did Fort Wayne, Indiana give you? Mm. Oh. Despite the contents of my book, I would like to say that I think Fort Wayne, Indiana gave me a very solid and gentle beginning. Mm. I grew up in a place that was sort of um, a microcosm of some of the biggest issues in the area, but it was also a place that tended to always have reminders that we were a city of people who were kind of doing our best. Like there's nothing about it that would ever have it called significantly special in any way. You know, like we have all the most random lore, like, like, Shelley Long went to high school there and Heather Headley went to high school there and uh, Johnny Appleseed is buried there. And no, he's not a myth. He was a real person named John Chapman. You know, it's, we mm. always have like the, these weird little pieces of lore and things like that, which is really lovely to grow up in because you always get to have the distance with like the media and with representations because nothing's set in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, you feel like you're always the audience, you know? Mm. And it feels like certain things don't pertain to you as much as they pertain to people outside this place. They take Christmas very seriously. They take Halloween very seriously. There's an art museum and, and a theater and all of these things. We have a baseball team. There are all these things that would be like, seems like the kind of things a much larger city has, Mm -hmm. but no, we have it right here and nobody knows about it. And it's just us. Right. And that's how it feels for a really long time when you're a kid, or at least when I was a kid, I don't know if you can really have that anymore um, with how ubiquitous the internet is now. But when I was growing up, It just felt extremely safe. It felt extremely safe. Even when I felt like I was in danger, it did not feel like because this is an unsafe place. Mm. 
I always felt safe in that city. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Ashley, what do you cherish most about your relationship with either of your parents Mm. if if you have something yeah like what can you look uh... at now and say i actually appreciate that or i learned this from them and it's helped me become this ashley today I really value how much uh, my mom appreciated laughter. Oh. My mother is a very funny person. And <laughs> our senses of humor are almost exactly alike. So often I hear myself say something or make a joke or whatever where people actually laugh. And it it feels like it's not my voice. It's that it's like, oh, I think that was my mom. Oh, Uh, I I sound like her in those moments. She's a very, very charming person. Mm. People tend to have a really good time around my mother. So that's definitely the thing I cherish most, um, probably in my relationship with her. And Mm. with my dad, I think the thing I cherish most is um, both of us having... um, this belief in uh, effort, you know, that like, that you'll put effort in the places that are important to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my dad is an obviously imperfect person, um, but my dad tries, you know, with me, with my brother, with our anger, um, Mm. our expressions of that anger, our demand in a lot of cases that if he's going to be in our lives, that he be in our lives in such a specific way. Um, He just tries. He just, okay, that's fine. I love Mm -hmm. you. You're the most important thing to me. So that's fine. Him being in prison for 30 years, you know, there was only so much he could do, but it, it felt like he always did as much as he could Mm. and it helps you mentioned earlier that you were surviving Mm. when you were growing up what ashley were you surviving um my mom was really sad and did not have anything really to give us in terms of uh emotional support 
and mm-hmm. she is a very anxious person and being an anxious person um and not having a certain amount of support not being able to give a certain amount of support meant that there are a lot of things that you know made my mom angry or that she couldn't handle uh one of those being our emotions so mm-hmm. you know very I, this is not i think super atypical but i was definitely raised in a home where i wasn't really allowed to be sad <laughs> or upset or anger was definitely not allowed in my mother's house. Basically, you weren't allowed to have those feelings until you had your own house was like the rule. Um, And that was never said explicitly. That's just what was enforced. Um, I I grew up in a, a home where like I couldn't, I couldn't be a person in my house. Like, Earlier when I was talking about the pursuit of perfection being, you know, incongruent with the experience of human life, uh, one of the things I think about is the fact that um, there there weren't really mistakes in my house. If you dropped something, if you dropped a glass, if you dropped something that had been in the refrigerator, if you were holding something over the sink and you dropped it and an adult was around or usually like any adult who felt like they had that sort of like direct authority over you. So my mom or, you know, sometimes my grandmother, it was like, why would you do that? You know, why, why weren't you paying enough attention? Why weren't you holding it correctly the way, the way you should? Why weren't you, it was like nothing ever dropped and it just dropped. Like nobody ever tripped and fell and they just tripped and fell. It was like they always had to find a reason why it was actually your fault that it happened, you know? Mm. And it was also this weird thing where um, sometimes I attribute it to that anxiety and to that uh, fear and nervousness because it almost seemed like they, they really needed it to be just something like a bad choice that's you know that somebody made like yeah when you were really saying it needed it to be that because otherwise things just happen mm-hmm. and to believe that is so much scarier than just believing you have a kid on your hand that's just not paying enough attention you yeah. know and you would be less stressed out if they, if the kid would just pay more attention. But the it, that's not what's stressing you out. What's stressing you out is like life and reality of being a parent is that like you're raising a human and you can't get it all right and they can't get it all right. And your job isn't really to punish them for not getting it all right. Your job is to show them what it looks like when you deal with the fact that you can't get it all right. You know, Mm. but we don't get that lesson in a lot of cases. Nobody shows us, nobody gives us an example of how to process that feeling, that emotion that will actually be the thing that follows us through our whole lives guaranteed. You know, you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. And I grew up in a house where that was not allowed. And Mm -hmm. that'll mess a person up, turns out. Turns I mean, I'm much better now. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I think a lot of it's generational. What year was your mom mm-hmm. born? What 65. year was she born? 
Okay, so your mom's uh, younger than my mom. My mom was born in 53, but still they're in the mm-hmm. same realm. But the vulnerability that you mm. kind of needed from your mother that she just wasn't able to access. And and I've talked to my mom about this on, on the podcast, actually, about yeah. it's been the same for me. I... um. Teen Mom is one on MTV is one of my favorite shows. It just oh my God, it, me I know too. it. Really? Yes. <laughs> Ashley, yeah. oh my gosh, we are the same. You're the first person to say, literally, I've interviewed a million people. You're the first person to say, me too. It's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Jade, who's one of the moms on the show, mm-hmm. has been dealing with a lot. Her parents are dealing with addiction and all sorts of different things. It's just she's had yes. a her fiance was dealing with addiction. She has a lot on her plate. She has a young daughter who's like five or something. It's just a lot. Um, and her parents are finally going to rehab. And mm-hmm. she's like so happy about it, but it's making her very anxious. And every time I see her, I'm like, is that what I look like when I'm anxious? Because I see it. as so- I, It like flushes over her. As soon as her parents come into her home, she mm-hmm. like becomes more rigid and like mm-hmm. isn't ex- isn't as openly expressive and, and like you can see she's all in her head but anyway her mom came yes. in and she was trying to talk to her mom about like you know like are you ready for this mom like i just want to make mm-hmm. sure that like you know you haven't really done rehab before in the past so i just want to make sure you're really going to do it like there's there's a lot on the line i got you and dad into rehab like it was hard for me but i really want this to work and she's starting to get emotional because it means a lot to her and she doesn't right. want it to not work. And she is thinking about, we cannot go back to what it's been. It's too much right. for me. I can't handle it anymore. And as soon as she starts to get emotional, her mom says, Jade, I can't do this. Yeah. And she walks away and I, I, my tears are welling up and I, I'm, I'm like, oh, my, because I know what that feels like. It is yeah. the worst feeling in the world when someone you know loves you and that all you yeah. want them to do is pull you in, says, I-, I-, I can't deal with this. But what I saw was, which was very uh, healing for me in a lot of ways, was her mother didn't deal with Jade then, which which is something she I definitely would like for her to work on. But she went into the other room and just was crying. And, and, and I think for me with my mom, maybe it, it was, you know, like this with you, for, for you with your mom. And I think with Jade and her mom, it's that I just want my mom to do that in the same room with me. Same. We can do it together. We don't have to same. take our, we don't have to go to our own corners and do it. Let's do it. Let's fall apart together. Let's fall into yep. one another. What can come out of that? And, that's why shows like Teen Mom, I love them so much. And and I really encourage people to watch it because you can't fake it. It's real. Yeah. It is so yes. real. You can, they are not actors. You can't act that. Like that is and and it was so important for me to see it because I was like, that's what my mom does. She wants to. She just is working on it's too, it's too many feelings. Whereas she birthed a daughter who I'm carrying all the feelings of generations after generation after generation of women who were holding it in. And now it's just all pouring out of me. And I just want to be able to, to have it pour out onto my family. It's the same. My dad, sometimes when I get emotional, he starts laughing. He's like, Oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> what you doing now? Mm. And I'm like, Dad, I'm really sad or I'm really worried about this thing. Like, it's not funny. <laughs> And they and and it's like and they never learned how to deal with it, you know. Mm. So they don't know really how to show you how to deal with it. Which doesn't mean they can't. It means that like they don't have they don't have an example. They don't have something to look back to and say, "Oh, this is how I remember this person doing it for me." You know, um, mm. Glennon Doyle has this uh, quote. I don't know if it's her quote. She may have said she was quoting somebody else, so I, I'm sorry, but I read it in her book. <laughs> um, but one of the things she said was that uh, the miracle of grace is that you can give what you've never been given, that that is the miracle of grace. Oh, my goodness. You know? And oh, I think wow. that I think that that's what a lot of our moms are missing is the grace that they could not find for themselves they have a lot of trouble finding for us but i think that the difference sometimes between us and our mothers is that like when we do find that grace for ourselves we experience the miracle like that is the miracle mm. is that we are able to give ourselves what we were never given Whew. you know yeah. And and I, I I think about my mom a lot and what what I want from her sometimes in in the in the realm of vulnerability like you were just talking about the grace like she just didn't have it. And I never thought yes. about that until I was an adult. I was like she didn't have the person to fall into either. And I know right. there have been so so many things in her life that she was looking around saying, who can I fall into? And Absolutely. I just hope that when she hears this, that she knows that like, I want to fall into you, mom. I, there's mm -hmm. no better arms than the arms of your mother. No arm can compare to the arms right. of your mother and, um, and the bosom of a mother, you know, like it's, right. it's a special place. And that's why when, you know, going back to the beginning, when you said your memories of being held were with your grandmother. Yeah. Like, first of all, I'm, I'm grateful that you have those memories, but I also know that I'm sure you wish you kind of had those same sort of memories with your mother too. All the time. When you don't really have that connection with your mom, you don't have that kind of relationship, you don't have that closeness that you really desire with her. Um, it, it's not to say that you can't have a closeness, you know, or a, a special relationship and stuff with other people. It's just that it'll, it's always bittersweet because there is always mm -hmm. part of you that's like, man, it's wild that some people got this from the person who gave birth to them. <laughs> you know, it's wild that some people know what it's like to feel this way about the person who gave birth to them. Mm -hmm. It's wild. You know, what, what has been wild to me for most of my life and continues to be wild to me into my mid thirties is that people reach out to their mothers for comfort. I know that it happens. I've seen it happen. I've watched it happen. It's a beautiful thing to see yes. like somebody go, I need to call my mom, you know, and, like I need yes. my mom. And to be like, wow, what is that like? Like, what's it like to be 
in to feel like you're in trouble or to feel like you need someone to hold on to or someone to hold on to you. And your first thought is, I need to call my mom. You know, I I wanted that. You know, yeah. I wished for that. Mm-hmm. I hoped that that would become my life over and over again. I, I, I had a whole fantasy of how I would give myself over to that at some point, how, you know, I would want to remain open to that all the time. Like I, I held on to that fantasy until it started to hurt me. Like I, mm. I held on to it for as long as I possibly could. I wouldn't even say when it started to hurt me, I held on to that fantasy until I had to choose between it or me. I was trying to finish the book. Um, I was in a lot of emotional distress um, mm-hmm. for some time. And I had a really fantastic therapist. And he suggested that I go to a place where you go through some pretty intensive therapy and mm-hmm. you're separated in a lot of ways from the rest of the world um, while you're there. Uh, including your normal support systems, your spouses, your friends, you know, like you're really there on your own, like sit out to see and with people who you hopefully trust and you're going to unearth some stuff. You're going to figure some things out about you and what you really want and what you're really afraid of and Mm. what you're really trying to do with your life. And I went to that place. I think that's where... I sort of had the the realization while um while ex- while working through uh some of my memories uh some of my insecurities you know a, a lot of things while working through those things in a group um it was suggested to me that um I w- I was still hoping to be a 14 year old who was close to her mom Mm-hmm. except I was 33, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And I was thinking about that and I was like, oh my God, I guess there is part of me that is holding on to this idea that like, I don't want to tell the truth or I don't want to say what's real in case it destroys an opportunity for me and her to mm-hmm. become this thing that we can actually never be. I am never going to be a child who finds comfort in her mother. Like I, that's already passed. I don't get that back. And because I don't get that, um, my pursuit of that fantasy, uh, by way of holding myself back is not only, uh, going to end up being fruitless ultimately, but is also harming me. Because not being able to be honest about who I am and what I've been through uh, is coming out in other ways. Yeah. It's not just something that I've I've been able to contain to this one area. Yeah. It is something that is spilling out into other parts of my life and in some cases kind of poisoning them. I didn't want that anymore. So I didn't know that this was going to fix it, you know, or if it could fix it. And I don't know that I'm fixed now, but I knew that um, I had tried all the other stuff that sounded easier. Mm -hmm. Did I? None of them worked. 
So I had to do something else. Yeah. And I think it's about accepting the, the mothers, the fathers, the sisters, the brothers that we do have and, and hoping that they can do the same with us. Right. Like like you said, like maybe, maybe your mom isn't someone you can run to for comfort. She's going to make you laugh. For sure. And there's a lot of people who have moms that are there for comfort, but don't bring them that type of joy. Right. And it's about, you know, sometimes you have to you have to barter with yourself. Like maybe when you were a child, you needed a lot of that comfort, right? You didn't get it. Right. But now you have a husband who washes your pajamas. I sure do. So you don't need that in the same way. I just got chills. You I don't, don't need that in the same way. You know, that nope. was that that you know, that kind of that was restored in a different way by another person that was a gift to you, right? Yes. And so we can now seek something else, right? From yes. from our mothers or from our fathers or from our sisters or our brothers. So that that really spoke to me because it allows you to have acceptance, but also um it 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 encourages you to discover. There's so many yes. other amazing things that uh, about my mom that maybe it's not the vulnerability, but there's so many other great things that I'm like, thank God Absolutely. I have this. Oh my God, my mom's the freaking best. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like this is, this is great. And some of the things that she's not able to give me because she wasn't given it and because it's something that she's still learning at almost 70 years old, mm-hmm. God has placed other people in my life that, that can kind of do that and vice versa for her, you know? So Same. I'm really, I'm really grateful for that. What's your favorite thing about yourself today? My favorite thing about myself today is my ability my ability to have honest communication with myself now about what I do and don't want. I don't always know the answers to those Mm. questions immediately, but that doesn't make me mad anymore. Um, I just lean into the curiosity and decide that it might be worth putting in the work to find the answer out instead of shaming myself for not being certain before I have all the information. Mm. That's good. That's growth. That's That's growth. growth. Yeah. <laughs> Real growth. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Okay. So Ashley, uh, what has been your takeaway from our conversation today? I think my takeaway from our conversation today is that um, while not all 80s Ashleys are the same, you and I uh, are definitely on the same wavelength And I like and appreciate that. And it definitely encourages me to be a lot more open than I usually am. (laughs) Mm. And I like that. I I like that. I'm getting emotional. I'm, I'm, (laughs) this is all all the tears of my childhood start to come out. (laughs) No, that's all right. um, I'm getting emotional because. That's basically my takeaway. Like my takeaway is that I, 
on today, I needed mm-hmm. someone that was like me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I needed to feel the comfort of someone that starts off as a stranger, but in the matter of an hour becomes a friend. Like, mm-hmm. I needed the reminder of how uh, God is always conspiring on my behalf in that way and mm. that it's lovely and it's inspiring and it's moving that mm-hmm. I can have a conversation with someone and it feels in a lot of ways, although we have very different lives, very different mm-hmm. upbringings, I still feel feel in some ways like I'm looking into the mirror and we have the same name. Like it's, it's a beautiful even, thing. you know, just some beautiful chocolate women with the same name talking yes. about the stuff they've been through. Like that, this conversation to me, another one of my takeaways is that it's a, it's a big reminder why I wanted to do this. Hmm. This is the epitome of trials to triumphs. This is the goal of every conversation. What I'm feeling right now, I have no doubt that everyone listening will feel and will be more open to when magic moments like this happen in their life. So thank you, Ashley. We are friends. I'm just just telling you now, we're friends. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. keeping we're in, in touch. Yeah, we're in. We're, we're tapped in. Yeah. It's fine. And I'm very <laughs> excited about it. Um, and... I learned so much from you today. So I I honor you. I love you. And I thank you. I really, really do. Ashley, this was a gift. It was a gift. Thank you for your time and for your extremely thoughtful questions that let me go to places I don't often get to go and express mm. things that I don't often get to express, but that make me feel a lot more seen, connected, and free. I really mm. appreciate that. Oh, anytime, girl. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lantigua. Our managing producers are Fatima El Swiffy and Paulina Velasco. Shanice Tindall is our lead producer. Associate producer is Mona Hassan. Jordan Thompson is our marketing coordinator. This episode was mixed by Trin Lightburn. Michelle Baker is our video editor. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you did, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcast to ensure you hear the next one. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive.
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.